Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to our second anniversary episode. It's so crazy. Can you believe it's been two years? No, I feel like it's been two months, right? I know. I know. I will sometimes I'll like go to look at one of our older episodes and I'm like scrolling and scrolling and I'm like, look at all these. Look at all these babies we made. It's very, very exciting. It's fun to see how much we've grown from like episode one. I had to go back and listen to something. I forget what I was looking for, but I was looking for something. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we are such better editors now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, we are. I also think that we've reached a happy medium of like being better editors, but still allowing ourselves to be humans. Yeah. Not robots in that sometimes you can hear us breathe. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to breathe, I guess. So for our Podiversary episode... We have some listener stories, but first we're going to start off with some show news because we have a whole bunch. And the first, and I feel like one of the most exciting things, is that our Facebook group is now open to anyone who listens to True Creep Podcast so we can all join together and talk about all the creepy things. Our Discord is still Patreon only. And speaking of Patreons-ish, we have a new merch store. It's on our website. You can see all the goodies that we have. We're also going to have some new designs up there. You'll see those. All of our patrons will get 20% off of their orders for as long as they're a patron. We also revamped our website. So there's a place for you to submit show ideas, a place for you to submit questions if we about a case we've already covered. And We're going to have a place for folks to submit their stories all year round. So you don't necessarily need to just submit them for the listener story. We'll take a look at them regularly. And if if they fall into an episode that we're going to record, we'll add them to the episode. If you put your email address, we'll let you know so you know it's happening. But you can also submit them anonymously. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then you can be in the show. Yeah, you can truly creep with us. (laughs) So because it's our birthday, right? Last year, we sent each other ridiculous things. And of course, this year, we sent each other ridiculous things. Okay, Lindsay, open the first smaller box. Because I sent you this because when I hear the name of this item, I instantly think of you. Oh my gosh. It's magnificent. (laughs) She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. This is the most beautiful Christmas ornament I've ever seen. Uh, In case you're wondering what it is, it's a Jersey Devil. (laughs) standing on its two stupid legs. I love it so much. It has stupid legs. It does. It does have stupid legs. (laughs) Uh, It looks so happy and joyous, though. And honestly, a little shy. Does it look a little shy to you? I love him. It does. It looks a little ashamed for having people call out of work this morning. Um, excuse me, would you um, mind if I told you about some things? (laughs) That's kind of how he feels in my little hands. I love him. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And then the second box. This is more just like a fun thing to, I don't know, put on your coffee table. Oh, oh, let's see. What do we have? What do we have? Oh, my gosh. It is a book called Cryptic Club. And it's so cute. And it's like it has um like a drippy kind of pink font as like the name of it. But hold on, I'm looking at what it is. Oh, my gosh. I love this. It's like the social lives of cryptids. How glorious is that? (laughs) Also, I'll tell you, it's excellent timing because (laughs) do you know what I'm doing this weekend? What are you doing this weekend? I'm getting my first cryptid tattoo of the Loveland Frogman on my thigh. Oh, yay. Can I tell you, I had a dream the other night that you came out here again. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, we need to go get a tattoo because like that's what we do, right? Clearly, yeah. And uh, we were, like, getting these elaborate, fucked up mermaid tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) I do love those guys. (laughs) And I think it's because we're going to be doing a pod swap in November. And the person we're going to do it with, I'm not going to spoil it, said that they're considering our mermaid episode. And so, like, I went back and I was listening to mermaids a little bit. And I was like, I don't know, I fell asleep after. And yeah, so they drew us these fucked up, you know, purple and green mermaids. And we were both getting them on like the front of our thigh and they were fucking giant. It was like our whole thigh was a mermaid. I, well, first of all, I'm not against that because my, my 
right thigh is my friendship thigh. That's where my friendship tattoos are going to go because I'm also going to get a bat for Damien there too. <laughs> oh, that's why. So that it totally makes sense why I thought of it. Okay. Yeah. My friendship thigh. Yeah. That's what... <laughs> That's it's going to go. And when I say this weekend, I mean this weekend of it being released, not this weekend of us actually recording this, which is the end of September. Yeah. But that's okay because we're celebrating just a few days early. All right. Well, here, let me let me open it then. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Did you make this? I did. I did. There are so many beads in my couch now. (laughs) I can confidently tell you that they might be there forever. They're tiny beads. That's fine. I remember making these as a child and not being stressed about which types of beads to use. But then as an adult, it's much more difficult because it's not pony beads. It's not seed beads. It's something in the center that I don't know the name of. Well, I was expecting you to be a bead scientist by now with how beautiful this is. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I was then like, well, I guess I'm going to make these now. And I like I do a lot of digital art. And my day job is I'm like, I work in corporate America and I'm like, clickety-clacking on my keyboard, but I don't do a lot of things with like little things in my hands. And I will tell you, my hands were hurting after that because they're like very tiny pieces. And I was like, I mean, it's worth it 10,000% for the look on Amanda's face. But I was like, oh, this is, is this what 35 is? Feeling like <laughs> be, like stringing beads makes my hand hurt. Would you like to describe to them? Yeah, what it is. So it is a bracelet. And it's purple and black, but it has a couple Lindsay beads, green beads, (laughs) and it says dump ghost. (laughs) I also feel like it's very important for me to note this time is that it's not just a beautiful bracelet. It's a friendship bracelet. And I have mandible on a shelf. Oh, my gosh, you do. (laughs) I love this. I'm lifting up my wrist, showing Amanda (laughs) backwards letters. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. So then when we go to get our weird dream mermaid tattoos that are purple and green, we can wear our bracelet. Mandible on a shelf, dump ghosts. <laughs> What's that mean? Well, let me tell you. Well, you know, honestly, if you just scan this QR code, you can listen to True Creeps. Um... <laughs> That'll be better for us. Please give us that listen. Yeah, yeah, we'll get custom QR code beads that can like hang off of it like a charm. Go ahead and take a <laughs> take a scan of this bad boy. <laughs> you know what? Can we just get it tattooed with our mermaid? <laughs> oh, just get a, a full on QR code scan? That's some fucking commitment. We better never lose that domain name. <laughs> Someone fucking buys it from us. Uh just in case you were wondering, my like my art biz name, they want me to spend if I wanted dot com it's $1,200 and I tried to buy it for 300 which is already fucking insane. So I have a .net, which seems so fucking shady, but I'm like, I'm not going to buy this .com. But also, like, it's a weird enough name <laughs> that, like, I don't know why someone is just, like, holding on to it so intensely and trying to sell it for $1,200. Insane. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yes. They know that it's going to explode. Clearly. They're holding out on that land. Clearly. It's just the .com that's holding me back. (laughs) Well, Amanda, would you like to get into our first listener story for today? Absolutely, yes. We have a lot of of anonymous stories today. I think that was surprising, but I'm excited about it because, you know, what a fun time. Yeah, so we have a good mixture this time, too, because we had a lot submitted online Mm -hmm. that we'll be reading. And then we also had a couple that were submitted as audio files. So we get to hear everyone's beautiful voices. Love that. Love it. So the first one was sent to us. And this isn't anonymous. This is from Sam. And she shared with us a couple stories. And one of them I wouldn't say is, I mean, I'm sure she felt creeped out a little bit. But I think it's more like heartwarming in a sense so well and i feel like that is the kind of the thing about ghost stories is that like they're on the sweet to spooky spectrum and sometimes they can be like kind of sweet so replace thick cat thin bear spectrum with spooky or sweet yeah i mean the thick cat thin bear spectrum is my favorite spectrum (laughs) we still need that shirt (laughs) well you know funny you should say that because that is in our merch store now it's perfect. And I can't wait. Uh, the first person to post a picture wearing that shirt will get an extra sticker from us, by the way. Just email us and we would love to send it to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I also just I want to see people generally wearing our merch. That's the best. That's like the literal best. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so 
let's take it a step further. Anyone that posts a picture and tags us and allows us to share it, if you don't mind, a picture of them wearing True Creeps merch or where they put their True Creeps sticker, send us an email with your address and we'll send you something. Little thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a little thank you. Also, it's our birthday month. It's our birthday. We're celebrating. Give us the gift of you being, you know, honestly, just fabulous in your True Creeps merch. You could be carrying your bag, wearing your shirt. And I mean, look, we know some people have some stuff. We know it. We've seen it. We can see the we can see the reports. We know who has what. <laughs> we know you got it. Anyways, so Sam's story. <laughs> We know. I know where you are. No, we don't know where you are. They don't give us your address. That's why you need to send us the address. <laughs> As I threaten people in fun. I know who you are. <laughs> I mean, for some people, we do know where they are. Because, you know, if it was like a contest that they got it from, or if it was like from Patreon, then we do know. <laughs> You like how I doubled down on being terrifying? I don't know. I don't know. What a vibe. <laughs> Everyone starts unenrolling. Thanks. <laughs> it's all right. I said most of the things, so Lindsay doesn't have access. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is true. Amanda is our mailer, so I guess you're safer for now. <laughs> she can't stalk you. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Harry says hello. Hi, Harry. So Sam's story. I never had a close relationship with my father-in-law when he was alive and didn't know too much about who he was as a person. Just that he was sick and no longer able to do everything he once did. After he died, however, I had dreams about him in which he was talking to me about eating Thai food and riding a motorcycle. I told my husband about these dreams and he said before he started to get really sick, he owned a motorcycle and he always loved spicy food. I love that. I do too. It's cute. I once woke up in the middle of the night to see his dad sitting at the foot of our bed. See, that would freak me out, but I'd be like happy at the same time. I would only be terrified if I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a man sitting at the foot of my bed. I might be afterwards. I might take a moment to like appreciate that fact but in the moment i would be like huh right right well she did say that after that happened no more dreams and no more sightings but it did make her feel like he was reaching out once he had passed to say goodbye and that's so cute and i think it's true because a lot of people believe that when someone passes on right like we've talked about uh many theories of what might happen, right? That sometimes you dream about that person and that's them like checking in on you. It's interesting that she woke up to actually seeing someone as well. But I do love that story and it's very sweet. I also, I like the idea that like, you know, different people have different sensitivities to the other side, if you will. And so, you know, maybe her husband didn't have that, right? But like, he was like, oh, I know I can get through to Sam. So like, oh, yeah. I need her to pass this message along like that makes me feel like very intense inside and in my heart because like, yeah, you know, like you're just like, I just want to make sure like my kid's OK. That's like the ultimate stamp of approval. It's like ghost dad. It's like I like spicy food and, and motorcycles and like don't let him forget these things about me because I was more than just a person who got sick. Yeah. And maybe he was curious, like if they didn't really know each other before he got sick like that was a way of him checking to see what she was about too yeah yeah he was getting up in them dreams and introducing himself in a way that he probably wanted to hey i like motorcycles i like spicy food sounds like a good fun person so her second story she shared two we were very lucky the second one is as a nerdy teenager growing up in dundalk my friends and i were never invited to parties and we weren't cool enough to do drugs <laughs> fair me too me too so we would go around quote unquote hunting and what they were looking for was dark places to scare themselves fun i mean who didn't do that right i mean like that's what you do if you're a spooky teen creepy kids that's what you do yeah yeah we would break into abandoned mental hospitals <laughs> <laughs> yep we don't know sam's last name in case you're wondering police yeah, police. Get out of police. here. Police. You know, you know us. Uh, <laughs> many of our listeners are likely the police because we're 
I like that like five minutes ago you were talking about where you know everything about them and where they live and now you're like I don't know this person no I'm just saying that we're not narcs uh when it comes to like breaking and entering but anyway it's not as though I don't think law enforcement is listening to us because no they'd be very mad if they did So uh, I'm going to go back. We would break into abandoned mental hospitals into North Point State Park to find the remains of old amusement parks, etc. On this night, however, we were breaking into Fort Howard and driving down North Point Road. As we went driving, my friend Melissa and I were in the front seat. I was driving and began to slow down because it looked like there was someone walking down the middle of the road. If listeners know their American history, they would know British soldiers walked down North Point Road, destroying property, moving towards the Inner Harbor, where the whole Fort McHenry Star-Spangled Banner stuff happened. Anyway, as we got closer to the person in the middle of the road, it looked like a British soldier. The closer we got, he disappeared, and we were slow enough to see he didn't move out of our way or jump into the side ditch. He just disappeared. Oy. Oh, gives me chills. <laughs> yes. We asked each other, did you just see that? You would think seeing a ghost of a British soldier would have distracted us from breaking and entering? Nah. But alas, it did not. They were focused. They had a goal. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. Although I'd be pretty stoked that I was going to find something scary and it just like came to me, right? You're like, oh, this is confirmation that I'm on the right path. (laughs) This is convenient. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) I love it. That is spooky. And now, you know, I want to go and drive around that road and see if I can find a British soldier walking around. Just as a note, Fort Howard and Fort McHenry are two different places. You can visit both of them in Maryland. Both of them are like parks now. But I want to show you what Fort Howard looks like because it is pretty spooky. Just, I mean, even in the daylight. So I'm showing my screen. When I think of Fort McHenry, I typically think of like this picture because I see it so often. There were rooms with these barred windows and like, barred doorways if you will Mm -hmm. and then like this is what it looks like leading into it that road looks terrifying by the way (laughs) it is an interesting place to visit maybe i'll see if ben wants to go there this weekend of the weekend that we're recording it's a cool park but anywho let's get into our next story which we actually have a recording of which we love this is from an anonymous submitter so when my brother and i were A lot younger, my aunt lived right around the corner from our house, and she had moved out, and I don't remember why, but she forgot the cat or left the cat behind, couldn't find it, so she asked us to feed the cat that night. So my brother and I walked around the corner to my aunt's house, and my brother was leaning down, opening the food to put it in the bowl to feed the cat, and I heard rustling in the bushes, and I turned around, and... There was a man standing there, and he was in a trench coat and a top hat, and I was so scared I couldn't even move or really say anything. Luckily, I got out my brother's name, and he turned around and looked and just said, run. So we started running up the street, and once we hit the corner to turn the corner to go to our house, I turned around, and no one was there. The guy looked like the like 1920s Phantom of the Opera guy. It was the scariest thing, and no one was there. But you could hear those footsteps right behind you as you were running down the street until you hit the corner. Then there was nothing and no one around. And then on a second occasion, my mom would waitress that night, and she would come home with her tips, and she was excited that night. She said, hey, count my tips. And I had kind of been going to bed and I sat up in bed and we had a like large dresser on the opposite side of the bed with a large mirror and so I sat up I counted her tips and I was excited and she went to get ready for bed and I had glanced in the mirror and the same guy was standing right behind me but when I looked back no one was there and that was several years later and then on a third occasion we had a house like a three-bedroom house. It had to have been like four years later. I was uh, walking in the front door and I headed toward the dining room. And in the dining room, there was like an oval-shaped mirror hanging. And as I walked in, I glanced at the mirror and I saw the same man standing behind me. 
And then when I turned around, he wasn't there. And that was the last and final time I saw him. I'm hoping I never see him again. That is terrifying. Yes. Yes, right? Like, could you imagine? So I'm thinking like, okay, the first one, perhaps maybe there was someone there. Maybe they were doing something, right? Like dressing up for something. Yeah. And then it just scared two kids. Sure. But then throughout life, seeing the same thing over and over and over again. I hate when people see something in the mirror and then they don't see it physically. Like that just is a trope in movies that that always gets me. Yes. Yes. That freaks me out, too. And she shared a picture of the Phantom of the Opera from the 20s Mm -hmm. and went on to say that the coat was very similar. Hmm. Just imagine this guy with like the dark circles around his eyes with a top hat. It sounds very much like the Babadook. Yes. Right? And or Slenderman. Yeah. Maybe their child. I think that would freak the fuck out of me. Anytime you're seeing a spooky thing more than once, like it keeps showing up in your life. Mm -mm. That's an extra. No, 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 no. No, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad that they haven't seen him more recently. Right? Like, I feel like he just stayed in California. Thank goodness. Good, 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 good. (laughs) So if you're in California and you've seen a weird man that resembles the 1920s Phantom of the Opera, let us know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we had another one sent to us, another anonymous story. And what it says is, my great grandfather worked at a country club as a night watchman. He happened to know the attendant who worked in the women's restroom. The attendant walked in one night and noticed that there was a woman sitting on a rocking chair. Don't like this already. You know my thing with rocking chairs. I know. But I like when I read that, I was like, a rocking chair, you say? Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>, no. <laughs> she was rocking back and forth quietly. The attendant said, ma'am, can I help you? And the woman shook her head no. So the attendant then walked out. And uh, for the period of time that the attendant was gone, there's no way that the woman in the rocking chair could have left, right? When she went back in, the woman was still in the rocking chair. At that point, she looked up on the wall at a photo of the woman who had lived in the house before it was a country club. And it was the same woman. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Gives me chills. Just everything about this. I have so much commentary for the story, by the way. I'm holding my tongue until the end. (laughs) So there were apparently lots of ghost stories that staff would tell one another. My great-grandfather said that every night he would hear the sound of a ball bouncing around the same time in the middle of the night. He would go outside and most of the time he wouldn't see anyone. But sometimes he would go out and just see a ball. The author of the story said that they had looked up the country club and couldn't find exactly where it was. All they knew is that it was in Georgia somewhere. I just have like so many comments. Okay, my first one is I hate when I go to the restroom And there is an attendant there. I don't like it. Me too. Get out. (laughs) I don't like it. Please leave. Like, and also, like, there's always such like a weird array of items. It's like, do you want to brush your hair with a communal brush? No. Do you want one of those little white Lifesavers mints? You bet your fucking bippy I do. Do you want like other hard candies? It depends on what it is. Do you want to use communal hairspray? Perhaps, depending on the night. But like, there's just like this whole gaggle of things. Sometimes there's deodorant. I'm absolutely not going to use joint deodorant. No. I don't carry tip money into the bathroom. Same. I feel so strongly. I get so stressed out when I see one because I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to, like the moment I walk up to that sink, they're going to jump on everything and I don't have money. So I have to act like they don't exist, but then that's not polite and I don't know what to do. And then I panic and then I'm like, maybe I can just hold it and run away until I get home. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I will say I have a similar response. I don't act as though the attendant (laughs) is haunting the bathroom like you do apparently. But my thing is more like in every situation where there's been a bathroom attendant, it is though I am unable to handle this this sec this part of this adventure on my own right like they're like would you like some soap and I'm like yeah I'm not disgusting and then they're squirting soap into my hand and I'm like that don't I didn't need help with this you know what I mean like I I could have done that on my own and then like I'm finishing up washing my hands like would you like a paper towel and I'm like yes and they only ever give me one but my hands are still wet and I use 
look, I don't, I know, maybe I shouldn't, the environment, blah, blah, blah. I use three paper towels. It feels right in my soul and it always has my hands dry. And then, so what am I, am I going to ask? Can I, ha- can I have two more, please? Because I have a weird thing where I just need to use three paper towels to feel right inside. I don't know how to say that to them. I don't know them. I don't want to give them that. And then I would definitely have to tip them. Also, my second thing, why was there a rocking chair in the bathroom? I was going to say that. So like... <laughs> rocking chairs being anywhere but then like you walk in and there's a rocking chair in the bathroom I would turn right around like I can't handle this I can't do this you know what now that I think about it this is okay we're at a country club so there's likely one of those like parlor areas before you get to the toilet area yeah so it's not as though you've got a row of stalls and a row of rocking (laughs) chairs like facing them you know it's not that kind of situation it was probably like in a sitting area But the idea of a rocking chair in a bathroom just makes me really uncomfortable. The idea of a rocking chair existing makes me uncomfortable. Old rocking chair. Not not like classic porch rocking chairs. I mean like old rickety rocking chair in the middle of a room existing. Like if I go to, I I love to look at weird stuff at secondhand stores. Yes. And the second there's an old rocking chair, I'm like, that shit's haunted. That they are taking home grandma ghost with them. And I just can't. Do you think that you would haunt a rocking chair? No. I feel like when I was little, maybe this rocking chair phobia does have a reason. We inherited my great grandmother's rocking chair, and I feel like it would rock by itself all the time. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm looking at my ring camera and Ben is actively talking to his spider wife right now. (laughs) If you're on our Patreon, you know what that's about. And he's picking up on my Amazon packages. <laughs> uh, we had a... His, his arms are so full. <laughs> we had a whole... Such an asshole. Spider conversation today. My husband has a spider wife. Spider wife. We have tarantulas. Casual tarantulas. Just like skittering about. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I think it's time for you to look at that video too. I'm absolutely not going to look at that video. I said I would do it on the episode, but I don't I don't think that I'm emotionally prepared. Where did you send it? Please just do it. Just do it. I did it in our Patreon, in our uh, Patreon Discord. I normally am like on it in there and I was like, I can't look. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Is it under creepy memes? <laughs> oh, I don't. Mm, I think I, I don't. I don't think I want to do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, no, no. Our uh, neighbor. I got like literally one second when I tell you it to just like, like, I don't like it. It's just tip tapping around doing its spider things. It is just tip tapping, flip flapping, flim flamming around like, oh, my heart is a flutter. Yeah, that was on our uh, neighborhood group. So I think that was a, a neighbor a couple houses down from us the other night. Did they move? No. Where do they live now? <laughs> They're just running around, I guess. I don't know. I don't really go outside at night. I know what's out there. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? I am ready. This is also from an anonymous person. So I have plenty of stories over the years of my life, but I'll save them for another time. Please share them. We want all of your stories. I used to be very spiritually connected to the spooky world, but after some intense happenings, I decided I suddenly was cut off from all of that. Like there's a blockage now and I haven't been able to get past in a few years. However, I recently had what may or may not be considered an experience, depending on how much you believe in coincidence. This past April, I treated myself to a little something I have wanted for a long time. My first allegedly haunted item. I love this. Me personally, that is not what I would treat myself with. (laughs) But I love that this is like what you were like. This is a treat. We continue. He is a collectible Pierrot composite doll. For those who don't know, Pierrot is the style of a French clown, the sad clown. Yeah, I know. People think clowns are creepy on their own, but I always wanted to be one as a child. And as a Frenchman myself, I have always been around Pierrot imagery. Like, my aunt's childhood's bedroom even has a large painting of a Pierrot clown over the bed. So clowns, and especially Pierrot clowns, are just nostalgic and aesthetic to me. How do you feel about clowns? Yeah, it's a hard one. But like, I can see if you do have a nostalgic connection to it. We had a big blanket of one. And I never understood like, why? Why are they always sad? But we had a big blanket growing up. So I was just like, all right, that's just what they do. One of my ex's mothers really liked clowns. And I was like, hey, no, 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 no. (laughs) Anyway, back to the story. So anyway, I did my little welcome ritual and baked cookies to share with my new little friend. That's so cute. 
who was supposedly inhabited by the spirit of a young man who was murdered by some husbands for giving their wives advice. It sounds like how straight men feel about me, too. Oh. Well, I gotta say that even though I am a witchy kind of guy with a love for the supernatural and paranormal, I come at it from a critical lens. So I did, and still kind of do, have my reservations about the validity of this quote-unquote spiritual inhabitant. But you can decide for yourself what happened here. In May of this year, it's 2022, I lost my grandfather to diabetes. It was not unexpected. He had been in decline for years and just recently lost a leg last summer and became extremely depressed, and at this time, he was living in hospice care. He passed away the morning of May 10th. I make mention of his passing and the day because of what happened three days later, the night of Friday the 13th. Now I talk to Jasper, the doll, a lot. Even when I first brought him home, I made sure to have as much quote-unquote conversation with him as I could to encourage him to be himself slash show himself to me. Well, for a while, I didn't get any weird feelings or strange happenings about it and no weird dreams or moved items or strange behavior in my cat. When I heard from my dad that Pappy had crossed over, I spent days in an emotional wreck and had to call out of work for a couple days. Friday, I was still in the early stages of mourning and trying to catch up with laundry so as to not fall into a deeper depression. Gotta keep doing those activities for daily living. My mentally ill folks know what's up. That's like 3000% true. Yeah. Once it starts to pile. It starts to pile. But so it was pretty late at night at this point, but I wasn't thinking about anything spooky, just sadly folding clothes and thinking on and off about my granddad and how I missed him and the good memories we had and remembering from the last person that I lost how it is said that the spirit lingers in this plane for three days from the time of passing. And this being the third day, I felt extra sad that I hadn't been able to attend the funeral. I live in America, and the funeral was where he and most of my family live in France, which is a very expensive trip for a grocery store worker. So I'm sitting there, bereavement sauce on my titties, minding my own business, when suddenly the mood shifts out of nowhere. I don't know if it was just my fragile state or that time of in the night when we cross over from the late night to the middle of the night where most people are asleep and the world belongs to the rats and bugs, but something felt different. In only a few seconds... Two mirrors on two different walls in the room both fell to the floor. One was command strip to my bedroom door, which I never closed because I live alone. And the other was a big, heavy mirror that rests on my vanity. Neither mirror had been touched in days. I was sitting on my bed and my cat had been in the window like she does and not near them at all. The other two tenants in the house, it was cut into apartments by the floor, were asleep and there was no banging or shaking going on. But both mirrors fell suddenly and at the same time. And then I noticed something fall from the ceiling fan. My cat noticed too. And then she went to inspect what it may have been. A piece of dirt? I saw her freak out. And then I knew it was not dirt. (laughs) She hates bugs. So I figured it was just a little guy. And I went to grab it. And another fell. And then another. And another. I ran and got some paper towels and pet-friendly bug spray and realized upon inspection that they were little roaches. Roaches, y'all. In all caps. (laughs) Still falling from the ceiling fan. I started wrangling them up and knowing bug spray was no match for a roach, I also grabbed a nearby lighter and began my three-hour battle against the raining of roaches. Oh, no. Do you have chills? I have chills. Spray, burn, pick up in a napkin and press really hard for each and every one until the raining stopped and I could not find any more living roaches. <sighs> then I vacuumed my whole bedroom in the middle of the night. Sorry, neighbors. Absolutely fair. If I was your neighbor, I would be like, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> so I grabbed Jasper and I held him for some reason. And I felt in that moment so much calm, like something had just passed through. Or maybe I was just relieved that the onslaught of visitors had ceased and that neither of my neighbors seemed bothered. Since then, I have moved. I have also made Jasper a proper shrine high up in a corner of my room overlooking my bed, and I keep my granddad's mementos on my nightstand. Nothing weird has happened since. So what do you think? Was my grandfather playing one last prank? Was Jasper being jealous of my attention? Was this unrelated Friday the 13th bullshit just a random coincidence? You tell me. Well, first off, I think I would be dead. I think I would literally like my soul would leave my body in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I can't. And especially like in the middle of the night, right? Like there's nothing to do. Like you can't just go somewhere normally. You're like, I am home and I'm supposed to be home. 
And any loud noise in the middle of the night, just already your heart is jumping out of your chest, right? Like I can't imagine mirrors falling not being loud. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then bugs on top of it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I'm bugs on bugs on bugs. No, no, no. Anonymous reached out to us on Instagram. And so we had follow-up questions for them, of course. And we asked if when they bought the doll, the seller had told them about any similar experiences or occurrences. And so they said that when they received the doll, there was a letter in the package, but they couldn't find it. But they did say that the person who sold the doll had told them that the alleged spirit likes cats, and that the seller's cat liked the doll. That's interesting, right? That is interesting. And now it makes more sense when we had that conversation in our latest doll episode that that business that rehomes haunted objects. Remember how they said that they had a service that sometimes offers a substitution for when like children and pets are attached. And this is probably why. That's wild to me. No, thank you. Uh, in terms of like, what if Harry had a ghost friend? You would take Harry's ghost friend? I don't I mean, like, Harry needs all the the friendship he can get. Look, I know you're hitting me where it hurts. <laughs> She's so torn right now. I don't want to. <laughs> I know I'm like, I do think that Harry would be like genuinely happy about having like a ghost friend, but I don't want to introduce it like if it were to organically exist that would be great like if if it happened to be that i accidentally brought something in and it was haunted maybe like he could keep it wow this is like a big jump well going back to bugs i can't do bugs i can't so i can't even imagine them raining down from the fucking ceiling i would die how do you do with roaches Mm-mm. Mm-mm. do you know what a palmetto bug is uh, do i want to know a palmetto bug is I want you to think a large roach, like half the size of the palm of your hand, and it has wings and it's dumb with bad eyesight. So it tries to fly into you because you look like a tree and they live in Florida. Okay. I was like, you want me to move? Okay. I'm not going to Florida. So we're good. Nope. No, they're Florida bugs. And it's like you get them in your house and it's not a matter of cleanliness. It's like they were just too dumb to not come into your house. So like if you had a door open or a window open, it's just a little bit of bad luck. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. When we bought our house, we had a cat and we're like, "Okay, cat, we're buying a house in the middle of nowhere. Sort of. If there are any bugs, I need you to focus and tell us I need you to do this for us. And so it was like one of our first few nights here and we're sitting watching TV and he starts looking at something. And, you, you know, like when a cat finds something and we're like, oh, no, it's happening. And so we both jump up and it's a big ass spider. Mm hmm. And I'm like, shit, we need to like spray it and then kill it because it, it looked like a there's a difference between like garden spider out here or one that is here to kill you. And this is like on the here to kill you range. OK, like we've had discussions about spiders. I don't kill every spider. This one was just a, a nasty, scary, poisonous spider could kill my dog spider. And um, I was like, we need to spray it first, then hit it. And Mike jumps up. He's like, I'm just going to hit it. And he hits it and thousands of babies come off. Oh, no. And brand new house. Oh, no. and you burnt it down? You burnt it down? This is the, you live in the replacement now? Brand new house. And I feel like, I, I remember like almost getting on the counter. Like for some reason, spiders can't get up there. And like, <laughs> everyone knows that spiders can't climb. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. I can't live here. Uh I have a thing with uh, bugs. I don't like it. So my dad does not do spiders either. I think this was before I was born. But my parents had picked up a Christmas tree and they had tied it to the roof of their car. Do you guys buy live trees there? Can they live? Yeah, we're, we're not like... Not like what, a desert? We are reachable. Like people can come here and bring goods and services. So yes. Yeah, but I don't know how far it is until there's pine trees. Do you know what I mean? Uh, a couple hours up north. They're not far. Do you like how like not only is Arizona just like a hot and desolate place to me, but it's also an island? <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda knows what a Christmas tree is. So they get their Christmas tree. And I want to think that in this story, I could be misremembering it, but I want to think that they'd actually gone and like cut it down. Okay. So it was like a forest tree. That means bugs. Not a parking lot. 
I see where you're going. Christmas tree lot tree. And they're on the way back and they're driving on the highway. And my mom, she smokes. So she like lit her lighter. And as she was doing it, like it like kind of like illuminated the car a little bit. And she saw something moving out of the corner of her eye. And she looks up and the entire ceiling of the car is covered in baby spiders. And my dad is like, He's not just like a cute, like, oh, no, I don't like spiders. He's like a, oh, oh, my God, like flip the fuck out afraid of spiders. Right. And so she is like ingesting this information that there is a ceiling full of spiders being scared herself and also trying to be very still so that he doesn't see her and look up because she's like, we're on the highway. Like, we're going to die. Oh, no. I think that she perhaps was too quiet because my dad was like, what's wrong? And she's like, there's nothing. And he's like, what do you mean? And he, when he turns his head, he gets a glimpse of something out of the corner of his eye. And he looks up and is like, <laughs> just like, from what I understand, there was a lot of loud sounds that came from him. And he pulled off to the side on the side of the road because was like, I can't, I can't do this. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know if the tree made it home or not. I can't imagine that it did if it was a, like a spider Trojan horse. <laughs> fuck the tree like the the car is totaled at that point in my head (laughs) you call the claims person what's wrong it is totaled just take a peek it's totaled it's got spiders yeah she's done trying my best to be better about spiders like i don't kill them if i can safely put them outside i will now and like the random uh community tarantulas now like i'm just respecting their space and not going out there at night like if i have to get the mail i'm like or at all i will go during the 7 a.m to 7 p.m time frame to retrieve my mail like after that point it is it is the spider's mail you know like they can have it well like that's their world yeah do you know like oh so you you you're kind of operating on like purge hours <laughs> Yes. So I was telling our Patreon. <laughs> They've got little masks out there. We have a spider that has moved in um, in our entryway and it's kind of high. And I'm like, OK, like I'm a short person. You can have the high area. I will have the small area like we'll be we'll coexist. But it's starting to move lower and lower each day. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I think maybe use opening your door very intensely a few times a day so that it learns Build your web up high. That's fine. But down here, I, I'm simply going to keep ruining your beautiful work. <laughs> Maybe a month, month and a half ago, Ben texted me after he left for work and he was like, there is a massive spider out front. So don't use the front door. And this is his spider wife. How long do you think it's been since I've like routinely used my front door? <laughs> <laughs> since that moment. About a month or a month and a half. I have a side door and I use it. Because Ben, that's his spider wife. He comes in, he greets her. He's like, hi, how are you? Your web is beautiful. You're doing such good work. (laughs) He like, I don't, he was like, I'm trying to help her catch bugs. And I don't know what that means. Is he bringing her bugs? I don't know like at all what that means. But like, I do know that this spider gets a kinder greeting than I do when he comes in. He's like, hi, your your web looks so beautiful. He started getting like the other day. He was like, I'm really worried about her. Her web hasn't been maintained as well. She's sleeping a lot more. And I'm like, why do you know how much this spider sleeps? Hmm? Oh, it's a Charlotte's web situation. You have to get a replacement spider before he knows. Blink, blink. I do not have to replace my husband's spider wife. <laughs> She's the other woman. <laughs> I saw a, a post recently about people waiting for spiders to abandon their webs and preserving them and putting them on canvases and they are so pretty why would a spider abandon their web i don't know maybe like like you said like closing the door too hard and it's like "Mm, this place isn't safe anymore so i will go somewhere else i don't know how do you know that the spider abandoned its web though like are you watching it i don't know maybe this sounds like people stealing spider webs and acting like they're doing it in a kind way but they're actually just like fuck you and your work I hope not. I know you want to eat, but I need to make art. (laughs) Yeah. Well, someone like nicely put on there, like, just so you know, when I make these, I do make sure that the spider is not there and I haven't seen them in days and I check at various times and like they're making sure because they want to be like spider conscious. I think that the person making these has a husband or a wife that has a spider wife or husband. 
Maybe. Perhaps they do. But what they're doing, I guess, is they're spray painting. I, I don't know how they how else they paint it. Maybe with a like one of the spray guns. I don't know. But they're painting it silver and putting it on a black canvas. And they look really, really cool. And then they seal it somehow. That sounds pretty. I've seen furniture with it before that looked really cool. But yeah, only if they are ethically sourced. <laughs> I also feel like it's not a difficult thing to like paint in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like it's lines. Yeah, like you could, but I mean, all of them are so different. You can paint different lines. I don't know. I have a visceral reaction when I walk through a spider web. So the idea of voluntarily interacting with a spider web makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it freaks me out. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to respect the spiders. Unless, like I said, if they can kill me or my animals, sorry, they got to go. But like, if it's just a cute little garden spider, we have a bunch. I just let them be in my garden. They're helping me. I love this for you. (laughs) Well, this has been Spider Talk with Lindsay and Amanda. Uh, Are you ready for our last story? I am ready. So the last one actually is my brother. And he's going to go into an experience that he's had at the house that he currently lives in still. He's been there a long time. And he was around 13-ish, I want to say, when this happened to him. And I feel like he is just like a paranormal hotspot ever since he was a kid. And I think I've told stories of him before on the podcast. I was actually like, did I tell this story yet? Not the one that he's going to tell, but there is several that I have with him that involves something that we cannot explain. Hmm. So here he is. This is Seth. I'll just kind of jump into it. I think the first interaction I've ever had with anything paranormal was, I believe it was my 13th birthday, because I remember very distinctly, I was sitting out in the living room, which it was laid out kind of interesting. So you walk right into the house, the back of the couch is facing where the path to lead to the kitchen was, and that's kind of where everything all took down. But I'm sitting on the couch. There's like a half wall dividing the kitchen from the the living room. And so on the other side of this wall that I can't see from the living room, there's a, you know, a dining table with some chairs. And I'm sitting there in silence. The lights are off, you know. I, I was sitting there in silence. I didn't want to wake anyone up in the house. But I was just looking at games. I was excited to get a game or two for my birthday. So I was just looking at what I wanted. And when I'm browsing it, I heard like mumbling, I heard talking. And I I didn't really hit me until I realized like, like I was the only one awake. I was the only one sitting in the house. And so, you know, I'm trying to just kind of put it in the back of my head. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it was the trailer for the game I was looking at. Maybe, I don't know. And so I kind of push it aside, think nothing of it. And then I hear the chairs scoot in the kitchen and the kitchen has tile. So like you can very clearly hear these heavy chairs scoot around and it wasn't a lot of it, but you could clearly hear that one of them moved and I'm sitting there. I hear it and I try to think, you know, nothing of it again. And while this is all happening, I hear multiple voices. They were very deep and it was clear that they were communicating And so I try to distract myself. I turn the TV up a little bit. I start watching the trailer for the game. And I I just feel a presence behind me. So like I said, the couch is facing the opposite of where you'd walk into the kitchen. So my back is facing the kitchen. And, uh, you know, some time goes on, maybe a minute or two, nothing happens. And then I, I hear the voices again. And the moment I start hearing it, I start hearing like a sliding, like weight on the floor almost as if someone was like walking behind me on the carpet and we don't have thick carpet it's just you know office carpet it's little it's whatever and but you can you can clearly tell when someone drags their feet and i i hear this i feel a presence behind me i turn around there's nothing there there's obviously something there i feel like and and it was you know sketching me out and so i'm sitting there trying to ignore it still and you know it happens again i hear more walking except this time it's louder it's closer and it eventually got to the point where i was ready just to jump over the back of the couch and book it for my room 
And so before I could commit to that, because I was just kind of frozen in fear for a little bit, it hit me that if I don't, something may happen. So after all this happens, I, I'm sitting there, I start the trailer up again for the game. And as soon as it happens, I feel this bump on the couch and then I turn around nothing happens I turn back around in kind of like panic mode and then something just juts my shoulder like it just grabs my shoulder and it scared the living hell out of me and so I ended up jumping over the couch I ran down the hallway ran into my room I locked the door and that was pretty much it for the rest of the night I didn't hear anything and so that was kind of my first initial experience with anything paranormal. <laughs> it was spooky. That would scare the fuck out of me. The shrieks that would come from me would just be otherworldly. Right? You can't let it know it's, you're scared, though. Right? Like, he tried to hold on and be like, okay, maybe it'll go away. <laughs> maybe everything's fine. Maybe this is fine. Maybe everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will say... So I lived in that house when I was in, I think it was the end of middle school through high school. This area, like there's the front door, the living room, and then it's the kitchen. And like the kitchen and the hallway are kind of right there, right off the living room. And when I would get home late from work, because I closed quite a bit because I had high school in the morning, work at night, and I would get home and you would always feel the worst presence right in that area that he's describing. Oh, no. And so I would always walk in and I'd be like, everything's ready. Everything's attached to me. I have to run to my room as well. Yeah. And like, you bring a water bottle home. You don't need water. You don't need anything from the kitchen. You go in and you go to your room and you remain there until morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a very old house. I've looked several times to try to figure out like what is happening in that house. I haven't been able to find a history in Arizona. We're not one of the states that has to like give you that information from what I understand. Yeah. And it is a very, very strange feeling in that particular area that he described. And like I said, he is a magnet for it because before we had moved into that house, when he was like, I don't know, one or two, I may have said the story a little bit in one of the many episodes. I was trying to think back. I couldn't find it. So I'm 11 years older than him. So when he was around two, I was around 13 and we lived in this apartment. It was two bedrooms and they were like on either side of the apartment so it was like you walk into the apartment it's like the kitchen living room on the right side was him and my mom's room mm -hmm. and then on the left side was me and my sister's room so kind of far apart and he would be playing with his toys and he'd look up and he'd talk to someone and we're like hmm okay sure dislike and we're like who are you talking to and he'd be like oh it's the man and we're like Oh, man. Hmm, there are no men that live in this apartment. You know, like it's my mom, my sister and I and him. So we're like, OK, what do you mean? What you mean? And he he'd describe him, but he'd be like, oh, but he doesn't have eyes. And coming from a two year old, that's just like blink, blink. This is so fun playing with my toys. And like, you know, it takes a while. If you if you've been around kids, it takes a while to get all this information out of them. And like, yeah. Two-year-olds don't really lie about describing something. I mean, they may add a little bit to it, but like they're pretty innocent, right? Yeah. And then I forget, it, it had been a while, maybe months go on and we're finding more information out about it. And at one point he goes, he can't get into your room. Thank fucking God. Yeah. I remember my sister and I a couple times woke up and we heard our door jiggling and we're like, oh, maybe, you know, mom came home or something, but we never really were like, well, she'll come in if she needs us. And then little by little, we're like, this is kind of scary because it would happen only in the middle of the night. And sometimes we knew she was asleep. So we're like, mm. yeah. And we would just stay in our beds. Right. Uh, so apparently he couldn't get in our room for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, after a while, after time goes by, I can't remember if it was while we were still there or after we had moved. But we found out that a man had died there. And when he died... That'll do it. He didn't, like, have, unfortunately, like, anyone to check on him. Oh, no. And so they didn't find him until a while later where people started smelling something. And from what I understand, I cannot confirm this, but he was decomposing when they found him. And perhaps that's why he didn't have eyes. That's so, so sad. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Seth's a magnet for this stuff. He's had, I think, a couple run-ins in that house. And then, of course, he's the one that would just, like, talk to this ghost all the time. Like, he didn't seem frightened by him. It could also be that he was the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was, like, easy to talk to. I don't know. I would think so. I just remember how scary it was to live there. And then, especially the house they're in now. Like, now it's not so bad. But, like, I don't like that one area. It's right off where he describes and then into the hallway. And my room was the first one in the hallway. So I'd be like, I can get there fast. His was the next room. You're like, I'm literally going to sprint. We're fucking going. Mm -hmm. He is much braver than me in that house. I mean, that's very, very fair. So I was the youngest in my family. And we lived in a house until I was 14. And it was a like a white house that is that it's been since torn down. The type of spirit activity that was there was varied and bizarre. It didn't make sense for it all to be in this one place. Okay. So, for example, I had an imaginary friend named Jamie, and from all accounts she was very spooky. I do not remember my life for the period of time that she was in it. That's so weird. Mhm. And I would say things like like I said, the Dracula and Jack the Ripper were her brothers. My dad had comic books with the two of them in it. So like like he wrote them. It's likely that I heard him talking about them and that's how I knew who they were. But I was still four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, like that like feeling like, oh, I'm not going to be in this space. That is how I felt about our one and only bathroom. I felt terrified of it. And then there was three bedrooms, my parents' master bedroom, a larger bedroom, and then a small bedroom. And my brother Chris and I, until about six, like we shared a bedroom and it was that small room. I remember being deathly afraid of that closet for like no actual reason. When my eldest brother moved out, I moved into his room and I would often see ghosts near the attic, like climbing up into the attic. Hmm. And I would feel things touching my feet if they were not covered. Oh, no. No, thank you. For that reason, I was very scared to sleep in that room. And as a person who's a lifelong napper, I would just nap in different bedrooms in the house like Goldilocks. <laughs> so one time I was um in my brother Chris's bedroom and I was sleeping and his, win- his bed was near the window and I wasn't asleep. Like I was actively awake and I could hear a little girl like pacing on like the awning out in the front, kind of like going like la 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 la. And then I heard a scream. Oh, no. And heard like a thud. Nope, nope, nope. At another point, I was in there and I was about to fall asleep and I heard the closet door open. Ugh. So I did what anyone would do is I pulled the covers over my head and I shut my eyes. If they can't see you, they can't haunt you. Clearly. And I shut my eyes. And the second I shut my eyes, I was looking down at myself. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I did not like that. And in another instance, I was sleeping in my parents' bedroom. We had wood paneling. So like I walked down the hallway, which is very loud when you would walk. I walked into the room and I locked the door because I was at home by myself. Yeah. And I laid in their bed and I was laying on the left side. And I remember locking the door. I hadn't fallen asleep yet. I was laying there when I heard someone walking down the hall and no one was home. My mom was at work and she didn't drive. My dad was at work and my brother was at a friend's house. And like... It sounded like the person was wearing heels. Okay. And um, although the door was locked, it opened as though it was not locked. And I could hear the click of high heels on the hardwood floor. And it walked to the right side of the bed. And then it opened the closet and like looked inside. I'm presuming looked inside. It opened the closet and there was a pause and then it closed the closet. And then it walked to the side of the bed that I was on, stood right next to where I was laying Blanket was over my face. My eyes were shut. Like, just truly just like, think as hard as you can close your eyes. That's how it is. Yeah. And I felt them put their hand over my mouth and press for a good 30 seconds. And I'm just like dead still. No. And I don't open my eyes because I'm like, what? Like whatever I'm going to see, I'm going to see. And so... It moves its hand, pulls its the covers back over my head, walks towards the door, open the door, and I hear it walk down the hall. And so I immediately then somehow have like some level of courage and I jump out of bed and I'm going to see like, is there someone in the house? Yeah. And I go to open the door and the door is unlocked, even though it had been locked. Mm. And there's no one in the house. And I called my mom at work and she answered. 
So she wasn't there. And I was like, are you sure that Chris didn't come home early? That's my brother who's closer in age to me. She was like, no, he's like absolutely at so-and-so's house. And I was like, is dad still at work? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. But like, I was fully awake for it. And as a child, I would see like a woman dressed in Victorian clothing pace the top hallway all the time. I would just see her pacing up there. No. And so it was very bizarre. I don't know why. And this house wasn't that old. It wasn't like Victorian era old, you know, like it didn't make sense that there would be so many ghosties, but it was a dark place. And it's probably for the best that it got torn down. (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully they're not dump ghosts now. Maybe they needed to be. They were very scary ghosts. Yeah. However, my dog would play with one of them. You would see a ball. He would be laying and you would see a ball come bouncing into the room. He would grab the ball and he would run into the other room. He would drop the ball in front of the thing and then it would roll and he would chase it. Like, legitimate. And then you would see him like, you know, the dog's like pounce play kind of like stance. He would do that with it and like was absolutely friends with whatever ghosts were there. Yeah. I also saw a little girl that was like nine and she had like a neck injury. Oh, no, thank you. And I think that may have been the little girl who I had heard fall. Oh, no. Outside. Wild. Wild. That's not. Ugh. Yeah, that that gives me the creeps. No, thank you. I, I feel like that this is something that I want to ask everyone then. What will you haunt as a ghost? If you have to haunt something, what would it be an object or a place? And then if you do haunt whatever it is. What type of ghost would you be? Because I feel like, oh, would I be scaring children and stuff? Probably not. But would I be playing with the people's dogs? Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Or would you be a cleaning ghost like my ghost at my house? The year of March. She doesn't. She's been she's been relatively inactive for a minute. But you know what? I mean, it's an option. You could be a cleaning ghost. I wouldn't want to be a cleaning ghost, but I would love a ghost that wanted to live with me and clean like they are welcome. That they are always welcome. I feel like if I was a ghost, because I was, I had things to work on before I moved on, I would try to be a good thing in people's lives. Like, I don't think I would be like, I'm having a hard time. So are you. Like, stacking their chairs in weird ways. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she left the, her curling iron on again. She's going to be so stressed. I'm going to unplug this for her. Like, she needs that. Like, she needs a one less thing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but come on, stacking chairs might be kind of fun sometimes, like when they annoy you. I don't want to scare anybody. But what if they deserve to be scared? Oh, like, you know, like, what if they're like bad people? Oh, you didn't say if they were bad. If they're bad people, I'm going to fuck with them so much. I said if they if they annoyed you. If there is like somebody who's unkind to their kids, I'm going to ruin their lives. But not scare the kids. Yeah. Like, not scare the kids. I'm going to be like, I'm going to protect the kids and make sure it's clear that, like, we will not be being mean to kids. And the same for, like, if someone's, like, bad to their spouse, it will be very clear. Like, (laughs) they will learn a lesson. (laughs) Yeah. And I will be me who teaches it. I feel, yeah, that's who I'm going to be. I'm a justice ghost. Justice ghost. Love it. Love it. Justice ghost for sure. Uh, Yeah. So tell us what type of ghost you plan on being, because (laughs) I would love to see everyone's idea of like what they would want to be doing as a ghost yeah haunting the dump haunting an item what place would you haunt if you could pick a place i think that would be good i want to know i'm intrigued i want to know where to find you guys hang out yeah where can we (laughs) expect to see you well thank you for creeping with us for two years it has been so much fun it has we've loved doing this we talked about the beginning a lot of good stuff happening uh we also have our contest going on right now through the end of October. And if you leave a review and send us a screenshot on our website, truecreeps.com slash contests, you can enter to win a curated spooky basket. If you've already left us a review, have a friend or family member do it, and then they can name drop you Oh, when they fill out the form on our website. And you both get an entry. Love that. And you know what that means? You know what that means, Lindsay? What does that mean? The potential for unlimited entries. Oh, we do love an unlimited entry. That sounds like, honestly, a hoot and a half. Yeah, yeah. And the items are being curated by the lovely Lindsay. It is me. And some of the things that she has sent me, I'm like, well, I ought to go buy that right now for me. So like, (laughs) I'm like, one for me, one for the basket. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm doing the next one for our next giveaway. We're not going to tell you about it yet, but 
I uh, frantically was texting Lindsay the other day as I was shopping for it. And I was like, one for me, one for you, one for me. And I'm like, she's like, you only need one of those. And I was like, one for me, one for box. <laughs> I couldn't decide. So I bought all of them at one point. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I bought all of them because I couldn't make a decision. Again, that feels very reasonable to me. I hope they love it. I hope they love it. So yeah, oh, me too. Take a look at our contest. We are going to be hinting at some of the items in this mystery box throughout the month. Mm -hmm. And then if you have any case suggestions or questions, we also added that to our website recently as well, so that you can be part of the show more often. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us for the last two years. We love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Ooh. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. <laughs>